0: You are listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 197. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, We think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, and that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner a fiduciary, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And it is great to be with you today. And today's episode is all about tax lost harvesting. But don't turn this podcast off yet just because it's about taxes. This is something you're gonna wanna listen to, particularly if you have a taxable account. Because we are set to have one of the worst weeks in the stock market in a long, long time. Earlier today, and this podcast will be recorded three or four weeks before you actually hear it, but the stock market intraday, it's not closed yet, is down over 20% year to date, which is in bear market territory. That doesn't mean it's going to and in bear market territory but bear market is a 20% drop from its high or a bear market since the beginning of the year. Some weeks ago I did a podcast about potentially buying i bonds and should you buy them. It was episode number 195 so if you haven't listened to it go to com and check it out. It's one example of controlling the things that we can control, you know We can't control the stock market. Although we spend a lot of time and energy in looking at the stock market, we cannot control it. We can stare at it all day long and it's going to do what it wants to do. And as a family steward, we know that our best strategy is a disciplined approach, staying in our seat. That's what the episode was about last week. Or two weeks ago, episode number 196 about recency bias and coming up with strategies to stay in our seat. And the best way to do so is to stop looking at our portfolio. Now, granted, this podcast isn't going to come out for a few weeks. So maybe we'll see a bit of a bounce back, but maybe the market will go down even further. But one of our strategies is to stop looking at the financial news. And if you really Want to be disciplined? Stop looking at your 401k statements as well. I did not open mine all of 2008. You know, the news, the media, they want you to keep watching, reading, and clicking because that's how they make their money. So they're going to come up with the crazy headlines. We have not been here before. These are unprecedented territories, and while they're right in the sense that every time we have a market turn, it's different. The pandemic is different than this high inflation and war period that we're in right now, but how we should respond is always the same as a family steward with discipline. So my question to you is, can you have a financial news boycott or boycott the financial news for 30 days. Can you do it, family steward? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Let's talk about tax loss harvesting. You know, tax lost harvesting is something that we can control to some extent we can control the taxes that we're going to pay. And sometimes an investment that has lost value can still do some good, or at least not be quite so bad. The strategy that changes an investment that has lost money into a tax winner is called tax loss harvesting. Tax loss harvesting may be able to help you reduce taxes now And in the future, tax loss harvesting allows you to sell investments that are down. And if you've recently bought investments, they're most likely down. But we don't just sell. We all know it's a bad time to sell. So we sell them and we instantly buy something reasonably similar to replace them. And I must, must tell you that I am not a CPA this is not formal tax advice. If you're going to conduct tax loss harvesting, talk to your advisor, talk to your CPA, or call Fortress Planning Group. And we can talk about your individual situation because tax loss harvesting isn't for everybody. And it can only be conducted in a taxable account, not in a retirement account. Think about it for a second. In your IRA, or in your deferred portion of your 401k, you can make as many trades as you want and it's not gonna mess with your taxes today. When the money comes out of your IRA or deferred 401k, someday after you're 59 and a half, every dollar will get taxed like regular income. In a Roth IRA, nothing's gonna get taxed when you take it out. But if you have an account other than a retirement account, that is considered a taxable account. Now, we are obligated to pay taxes on our dividends we receive every year. We're obligated to pay taxes when we sell an investment and we have a gain. And we're obligated to pay taxes when the mutual fund decides to spit off a distribution even though we don't want it, we're obligated to pay taxes. So tax loss harvesting allows you to sell investments in your taxable account that are down, replace them, and then offset the realized investment gains that you might have later in the year with the losses that you realize now. The end result is less of your money goes to taxes and more may stay invested and working for you. It helps clients reach their goals faster. It helps you guys reach your goals faster. And I can't tell you enough, if you have a financial advisor, they may be doing this already. If you don't have a financial advisor, ask your CPA, find a financial advisor or read up on it before you consider doing any tax loss harvesting. And again, this is not tax advice for you. This is a general informational podcast. Now, there are two ways that tax loss harvesting can help you manage your taxes. The first is what I told you already. The losses can be used to offset gains. So if you have a loss and you're selling a particular investment and you realize $10,000 worth of losses, now you're going and you're buying something very similar. So you're still in the market, but there's rules around things. You can't buy something exactly the same. If you buy something exactly the same, you're not going to get the benefit of the loss. But now you have $10,000 worth of loss on the books. And later on in the year, those investments you have are going to spit off dividends. And at some point, if you own a mutual fund, it's going to spit off gains. And if you sell something, you're going to create more gains if there's a gain in the investment later on in the year. So let's say all of those combined equal $10,000. Well, if you went to done the tax loss harvesting, you have to pay tax on those $10,000. But because you did tax loss harvesting and harvested $10,000 worth of losses, now we can offset those with the gains and voila, no taxes for you. The other way that we can use tax loss harvesting to help us manage losses is that those losses can offset $3,000 worth of income on a joint tax return in one year. So let's say you're tax loss harvesting $10,000 worth of losses and you don't have dividends or mutual fund spit off gains or you didn't sell anything during the year. So there's nothing to offset that $10,000 in my previous example. Instead, you can use $3,000 of that $10,000 to offset $3,000 of your income at your job this year. Or if you're retired, of an IRA distribution that you made. Well, what about the other $7,000, Scott? Cool part about this is that $7,000 then carries forward to the next year. So if I'm doing this in 2022, I'm starting 2023 with $7,000 worth of losses that now I can use to offset gains or use another $3,000 to offset income. And at that point in time, I'd have another 4,000 for 2024. I'm telling you, friends, we need to control what we can control during times like these. Spend our time controlling the things that we can. Tax loss harvesting is complicated but it can be done. And my example was only using 10 grand. What if you have an account with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and we can find a way to realize and during tax loss harvesting, maybe $100,000 and we're not getting out of the stock market. We're buying something substantially the same, maybe some stuff in the same sector, maybe some stuff in the same asset class. But don't do this on your own if you don't know what you're doing. Do not consult your financial advisor. We are in times that don't feel good when we look at the stock market, but there's opportunity during good markets and during bad markets. Now realize though that there are two different kinds of gains that you can have when you're selling investments. There's short-term gains and there's long-term gains. Short-term gains are losses that are realized from a sale of an investment That you have owned for one year or less. Long term capital gains are losses that are realized after selling investments that you have held for more than one year. The key difference between a short term and a long term gain is the rate at which they are taxed. Short term capital gains are taxed at your regular marginal tax rate as ordinary income. So short term gains are taxed just like the money that you're making at your job or the money that's coming out of your IRA. Taxed at regular income tax rates. And the top marginal federal tax rate this year is 37%. If you're a really high income earner, the net investment tax income adds another 3.8%. So the effective rate can be 40.8%. With state and local income taxes you could have rates in excess of 50%. But for long-term capital gains, the capital gains rate applies and it's significantly lower. For married folks, if your taxable income is 80,800 or less, you know what your taxable rate is on long-term capital gains? Zero, and between 80,000, I'm rounding here, and 500,000, it's 15%, and above 500 is 20% a significant difference, no family steward, the difference between a short-term gain and a long-term gain. What about gains and losses in mutual funds? And again, I'm not talking about your IRA. I'm not talking about your Roth IRA or your 401k. I'm talking about that separate account. If you're a mutual fund investor, your short and long-term gains may be in the form of mutual fund distributions, as I spoke about earlier. Keeping a close eye on your fund's projected distribution dates for capital gains, harvested losses can be used to offset these gains. So for us, we're looking at these when we're doing tax projections every year. We're looking at mutual funds and we have expected distributions the mutual fund is going to make, some of them more, some of them less, in good times, sometimes a lot more. We've had mutual funds last year, not funds that we're managing, but funds that came in as legacy funds that had distribution rates of 13 and 14%. And short-term capital gain distributions from mutual funds are treated as ordinary income for tax purposes. And unlike short-term capital gains resulting from the sale of securities held directly, the investor cannot offset them with capital losses. That's one of the little weird tweaky rules when it comes to tax loss harvesting. But for the most part, losses are gonna be used to offset gains and losses can be carried forward. Tax loss harvesting done the right way can add a ton of value to your financial life. So when you're looking at tax loss selling candidates, investments that you own, consider investments that no longer fit your strategy or that have poor prospects for future growth or can be easily replaced by other investments that fill a similar role in your portfolio. When you're looking for tax losses, focus on short-term losses provides the greatest benefit because they are first used to offset short-term gains. And short-term gains are taxed, like I said, at the higher marginal rate. But remember, once again, there is little nuances in the tax code, which is why I will say over and over again to make sure that you consult your investment advisor before tax loss harvesting. And one of those big nuances are wash sale rules. What are wash sale rules? Well, I'm gonna tell you: Wash sale rules... Are what prevents you from buying the same investment right after you sold it. So, after you decided which investments to sell to realize those losses, you'll have to determine what new investments, if any, to buy. But if you are looking to stay in the market because we don't want to sell in downtimes, well, we're going to get right back into the market the same day that we got out. But the wash sale rules states that your tax write-off will be disallowed if you buy the same security, the same contractor option to buy the security, or a substantially identical security within 30 days before or after the date you sold the loss generating investment. Do you follow me here? If you're going to Have Apple in your portfolio and decide to sell Apple and realize some losses, but you don't want to get out of the stock market. So you want to buy something similar to Apple. What is similar to Apple? Well, you find companies that might have the same characteristics as Apple. Is it a large company? Yeah, (laughs) it's the largest company. Is it a growth company? Yes. Maybe you're choosing a large growth company. Maybe you're choosing an ETF that invests similarly to companies like Apple. But the truth of the matter is, is you never wanted to sell Apple. Apple was down 20% and you feel like it's going to come back. And you ultimately want to get Apple back into your portfolio. You just have to make sure that you do not buy Apple within 30 days of when you sold Apple. Wait you have to wait more than 30 days. If you don't wait more than 30 days, all rules are off on your tax lost harvesting. I know, these things get complicated. Being a family steward is not always the easiest job. Don't you wish that your wife or your husband knew how much work you were putting in as a family steward taking care of your financial future. It's stressful, it's work, and it's complicated but it has to be done. The work has to be done. And if you don't feel like you should do it yourself, you should hire a financial advisor. Oftentimes, people don't wanna hire a financial advisor because they don't wanna pay for something that they can do themselves. However, in most cases, we find when we're looking at do-it-yourself or portfolios that they are not practicing some of the things that they should be in their portfolio. And one of the many things is tax loss harvesting. I could go on and on with asset location, correct strategic rebalancing, correct withdrawal sourcing. The list goes on and on, but tax loss harvesting is up there in the best way, the best Very best way to maximize the value of tax loss harvesting is to incorporate it into your year-round tax planning and investment strategy. This is not a commercial for Fortress Planning Group, although if you're not tax loss harvesting, we'd like to hear from you, but make sure that whatever advisor you have, that they are doing tax projections for you during the year and that they are performing tax loss harvesting when the timing is right. Because Family Steward, these are the times when it's time to control what we can control. All right, let's talk about key takeaways from our very exciting, very fun, very awesome episode on tax, loss harvesting number one investment losses can help you reduce taxes by offsetting gains or income that's good news for family stewards number two even if you don't currently have any gains there are benefits to harvesting losses now since they can be used to offset income or future gains remember family steward We Even if we're not going to use these losses this year, anything we don't use will carry over. And if you have more capital losses than gains, you may be able to use up to $3,000 a year to offset ordinary income tax on federal income taxes and carry over in future years, just as I addressed in point number two. And finally, control what you can control. What we've learned today is that we can, in some ways, control our taxes. And if we can, we must go for it. Just like we can control the expenses inside of our investments. We need to look at that. Just like we can control whether or not we should buy i bonds, just like we can do our best, but the hardest thing is controlling our emotions in times like these. But it always feels better, doesn't it, when you don't feel great about your investments and that you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be able to retire, or am I going to? I'm in retirement. And am I going to have to go back to work? And so we stress and we worry about the things we can't control instead of the things we can and one of those is tax loss harvesting i want to thank you for listening taxes are boring but we're family stewards we got to push through and we need to know these things so we can incorporate them in our portfolio that's all the time i have i hope everybody has an awesome awesome day and we'll see you on the flip side bye bye